well we have met for one purpose and that one purpose is to study the bible now you and i will agree and probably we have observed this that a lot of people have bibles at home but most of them don't know much about what is in the bible to some the bible is simply just a very large book and for others who attempt even to read the bible they begin reading the bible but along the way they fail to understand this book and as they continue on reading without understanding the book along the way they even lose morale and get discouraged and eventually give up now there is one person whom i heard saying the other day that when he realizes that he's failing to get sleep one of the things he does that enables him to sleep quickly is to begin reading his bible now definitely i'm sure when he's reading the bible he doesn't even understand what he's reading but he says as soon as he opens it and begins reading sleep comes immediately right away now some people don't understand the bible and either finding to to be they either find it very hard to understand or even a, a very boring book now we want to help you understand the bible because it is a message from god to each one of us it is possible for a person to spend a lifetime enjoying the study of this book but what we are going to do is not to spend lifetime studying this book uh, in this uh, yeah, so we are not going to spend a lifetime on these lessons of course but uh, in this study we are going to look at some of the most basic things uh, the bible teaches and once you understand it is basic truth the rest of the bible will begin to make more sense and will become much easier to understand so what are we going to be looking at we are going to study who god is and what he does in this lesson and in the other upcoming lessons all these themes will keep on appearing again and again and the focus of our studies because why we are studying the bible is because god really wants us to know him better that's why he gave up gave us this bible god is actually the central character in the bible he's the main figure he's the central character and as we study you will learn that he's what he's truly like you will get to know who he is what he does and what he's like you'll get to know his personality god will become the focal point of our study because he's the main focus or the central theme or the central figure in the bible now i want you to understand that the bible is not just a collection of teachings or doctrines about god the bible in addition to that is also a story the bible tells a story of history from god's point of view one time i had a friend of mine who used to say that history was his story he used to describe history as his story that means god's story so in other words what he meant and what we are going to be looking at in this is that we are going to be looking at the bible also as his story or in brief we are going to be looking at the bible as god's account of events from the beginning um, uh, but looking at these events from god's perspective 
So what we're going to be doing is to walk through this history as we study the Bible and along the way we will see little by little what God reveals about his character, what God reveals about Satan, and what God reveals about uh, humanity, about human beings, we people, mankind in general. We are going to see what God reveals about us as well. We are going to study the Bible in a, a chronological order. That means we are going to be looking at the Bible in, uh, on a time-based order in which the events happened. Maybe for some of you who might not be understanding what I'm talking about here, by this chronological order, what I mean is a kind of a method that is similar to stretching out a clothesline and then hanging a clothes on it. You make a wire, you stretch it out, and then you bring clothes and begin hanging them on the, on the wire, on that clothesline. Now, we will look at the biblical timeline in the place uh, where this, these specific events uh, happened in the timeline. We may already be familiar with certain Bible details. Some of you are already familiar with certain Bible details. But you might be lacking a clear understanding of how these yeah, details that you might be knowing integrate with the whole picture. Probably there could be things that you don't understand. Even today, as you read the Bible, you have many questions you don't understand. But once these events we are looking on are hung in place, these basics, once they are hung in place, the Bible issues that you may have been uh, confused about all along will start to fit in their place, in their uh, proper position among the things already on the timeline. So what we're going to do is to focus on setting up the clothesline, making a general timeline of Bible history, and then we'll add some important events uh, to that line one by one as we go along. However, what I want you to understand is that we will not have time to add everything to this timeline. We are not going to be looking at everything, but we are looking at just the highlights, the major points, the pinnacles of certain events. Then, um, because we are just laying the foundation, we are just laying a firm foundation. We're not going to great details, but at least the details will go in, or what we'll cover will be enough to lay a strong, firm foundation. Now, you may compare this uh, issue of uh, laying a strong firm foundation uh, to how maybe a house is built or to, to the illustration of building a house. Usually when you are building a house, the foundation is laid first. Then after the foundation, structures come. They come and then whoever is building begin adding those structures on top of the firm foundations, one piece at a time. But the foundation is always laid first. It must be firm, it must be confirmed that it's strong enough to hold a house, and then the other parts can be added one piece at a time. Now, there is a danger. If the foundations are not properly constructed, the whole house, the whole structure will be weak. And the same is true that in our study of the Bible, if the foundations are not properly laid, then the whole the whole understanding of the bible will be difficult the structure upon which will be the structure will come up with will be will be weak 
So in this lesson, it is very important that you attend every lesson so that we can be able to, you may not miss any of the lessons. That means you may not miss any of the of the foundation stones or the foundations that being is being laid because everything we are going to study will be crucial and will form the foundation for our future studies. If you miss a lesson, then you will realize that the upcoming lessons that will follow will be more difficult for you to understand. Having said that, I would like to also point out that the Bible is uh, rich and deep in content and themes. But again, as I mentioned, I need to emphasize it here that we are only going to skim on the surface of this vast wealth that is contained in the Bible. It's important to realize that there are many events in the Bible with many layers of great depth of detail and content. But we are not going we are not going to go deeply into these layers rather we are going to skim the top of some of the main events that's what we are going to do skimming just the top of some of the main events and as we mentioned we are going to be laying blocks for a firm foundation we are going to study the basic things that will help you later to understand some of these depths and the details of the bible now if a building stands or if a building is to stand, it needs a firm foundation. Again, I must re I would re-emphasize that again and again. And our purpose here is to lay the foundations so that the foundation is firm. And we are going to concentrate on this foundation and will not work on the upper structure until the foundation is firmly laid. So when you ask a question that probably goes deeply into the details of uh, maybe pertaining to the upper structure, maybe a question that is beyond the basics of building a foundation, and maybe we are asking a question that is uh, probably in the, has to do with the roofing of the foundations, with the top structure, I will hold off on answering you, and I will tell you to wait and be patient until some later time when we have reached the higher state of building on top of the foundation. But for now, we are only going to lay a solid foundation upon which we can build more understanding later. The reason we are going to are doing this is, to, is, is because we are going to try by all means to stay on target with our lesson outline and not be distracted. We want to be able to learn this foundational truth of the Bible and not be distracted. Because the Bible is very important. It's basically written in a chronological order. But we reach certain events in the timeline that are expanded upon in greater detail in later portions of the Bible. Now, as we study chronologically, we may draw certain uh, details once in a while from later portions to enhance our teaching and understanding of the Word. But when we do this, we will even be very careful to stick to the original topic of study and not get distracted. We need to understand that the Bible deals with many different issues, questions, and themes. This one we need to bear in mind. And some of the themes and the questions and the answers begin in the earliest part of the Bible and continue through its closing pages. Now, often you will find two or more themes or questions being addressed in one portion. And... Uh, Friend, I want to assure you that sometimes this can be confusing indeed. And it has been confusing for many people. 
For example, one example of this confusion is the is 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 that the Bible addresses three major issues about the topic of sin. So the Bible tells us what God has done so people can be saved from the first great problem sin has caused. Two, it shows us what God has done to set people free from sin that is controlling their lives. And three, it shows what God will do so people will be completely free from the problem sin causes. So briefly you can say there are issues of sin that are addressed in the Bible. One is the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and the presence of sin. The issue of being saved from the penalty of sin and being saved from the power of sin and finally being saved from the, the, the presence of sin. Now, the mixing of these three issues has been one of the major problems that have contributed to the existing of an increase, an increased number of cults and religions and denominations. And if we are not careful, we will get confused if we do not tenaciously uh, stick to the first issue. And the issue that I want us to stick on and hang uh, focus on that is this what God has done so people can be saved from the first great problems caused by sin we are going to be looking at this not in this not just in this lesson but throughout the upcoming lessons therefore as we study chronologically there will be times when you may ask a question or we may look at verses which includes other issues or themes that are not part of this foundation Now when this happens, my job as uh, your teacher is to make sure that we stick to the subject at hand because we will become confused unless we build our understanding one step at a time. Indeed, the other themes in the Bible cannot be clearly understood unless we first understand these foundational themes. That's, how, that's why they are very, very, very important. So again, you have to emphasize that we are going to limit our discussion to the foundations. That is what this study is about. So you might say, probably you could sum up everything I've said in light of, our, of, 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 of what I have just mentioned, that what we are going to be doing is building a firm foundation, skimming the peaks of details, and stretching a line upon which we can place events in a time or place events on a timeline. Now, having said that, let us open our Bibles. Open your Bible. And let's take a look at the many things the, uh, the, this, uh, the book, this, uh, the Word of God contains. First of all, it contains the table of contents, just like any other book. It also contains uh, two sections, major sections. One is called the Old Testament, and the other is called the New Testament. I believe you know where those books are. And the Bible also contains the chapters and the verse numbers. And some Bibles, especially study Bibles, also contain footnotes and other various study helps. But I want you to bear in mind that the Bible is God's word. When we talk about the Bible being God's word, we are referring to the text of the Bible, not the various notes that men have added 
even the vast numbers we are added by men and so do that we don't consider that as part of the bible though we read them but we have to bear in mind that all those things we are added by men so when when we talk about the bible uh, being god's word we are referring to the text of the bible not the various notes that men have ad added i don't know for you my friend but for me the Bible means a lot to me. That's why you can see I'm laboring to make sure that we study much about this book so that you may also understand it very clearly. You see, the Bible is my favorite book. I know that when I read God's word, I'll find help. I'll find help and the strength I need to uphold me and take me through the day. The Bible tells me what God is like, and I know he's wonderful. He tells me what he has done for me. And the more I read, the more I want to read and to know this God better. And I want you to also understand that the Bible is the most important and unique book in the whole world. Why? Simply because it is God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So what we learn from this verse is that God spoke to men called the prophets, the exact messages he wanted written down. There were many ways in which he communicated to them. Sometimes he spoke audibly to these men called the prophets. Sometimes he spoke to them in visions. And sometimes he just put the messages directly into their minds. God caused the prophets to write exactly what he spoke to them. And we see this made very clear in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, where the Bible says that knowing first of all that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So it's very clear here that the Bible is not man's ideas. It is God's own word. Scripture attests to that truth. Prophets wrote down on a scroll the message given to them by God. And the Bible is the only book in the world that is authored by God. God wrote the Bible over the course of 1,600 years. And in this writing of the Bible, God used over 40 men. And these men were men who were from different backgrounds, living at different times, some living even thousands of years apart. But in spite of the diversity of the writers and the long time span of hundreds and even thousands of years that separated these writers, the Bible has absolute unity from beginning to end and has no contradictions whatsoever. Why? Because God is its author. Consider this fact, friend. If several people were standing together and they witnessed the same incident, they would have different stories about what actually happened. 
but that's not what happens in the Bible. We see amazingly that this Bible, which was written in vastly different cultures and written at different times by different men, this Bible is one unit. The only one, the only answer for this unity in the Bible is one author because it has one author and that author has ensured the unity of his word and that author is God the Bible is God's message to us now who wrote the Bible we know that all but one of the men whom God used to write his uh, uh, word were Jewish to the only exception was Luke who was apparently a Gentile a Gentile is anyone who is not Jewish In Isaiah chapter 43 verse 10 God says of Israel that is the Jewish people and he says these words and he says you are my witnesses says the Lord so what we see here is that God used one group of people through whom he expressed his message to and for the whole world he expressed his message to the world he expressed his message for the whole world using one group of people Isaiah chapter 40, 50, 45 verse 22 we see God here saying look unto me all the ends of the earth for I am a God and there is no one else so we can see he's speaking to the all the ends of the earth saying look unto me all the ends of the earth but whom is he bringing this message through it was God's people the Jews you might say that Israel was like God's megaphone broadcasting God's message to the whole world. Originally, God's prophets wrote down God's message. Now, as the original documents wore out or became so old and maybe tattered and began falling apart, as these original documents wore out from use and age, new copies had to be made. And copying was done with extreme care. Making these copies of the Bible was done with extreme care. The Illustrated Bible Dictionary gives us some, shed some light about how this copying was done. And we read the following statement regarding the man who made handwritten copies of the Bible. Illustrated Bible Dictionary says that they used every imaginable no matter how cumbersome or laborious the method was, they used every imaginable, no matter how cumbersome or laborious the method was, they used everything imaginable to ensure the accurate transmission of the, of the text of the Bible. For example, the numbers, this uh, uh, Bible dictionary continues to tell us that the numbers of letters in a book were counted and its middle letter was given and so when they wrote 
they will kind count their own words they have written and compare with the words they counted and make sure is the number in the middle similar to the other the letter in the middle similar to the to the letter in the original similar it was with the words again and again the middle word of the book was noted it was very meticulously done this copying though every word was hand copied there are more ancient manuscripts of the Bible today than any other ancient book. Now, all the ancient manuscripts that have been founded are extremely close in content, differing only in minute details that do not affect the meaning. Consider this example. In 1947, about 15 miles from Jerusalem, a shepherd boy threw a rock into a cave, hoping to scare out one of his animals that had strayed into the cave. When he threw his stone, thinking that it would scare this uh, one of his animals, instead he had a sound of pottery that was breaking, and he went inside the cave to investigate. To his amazement, he beheld pottery. There were pottery urns, several pottery vessels holding ancient scrolls. And they found hundreds and hundreds of these kinds of scrolls. These are what we call the Dead Sea Scrolls. These Dead Sea Scrolls had been hidden in area caves by a religious sect sometime during the first century before Christ. Uh, certain religious sects had hidden these scrolls for safety into these caves. And at the time of this uh, discovery, when these Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered by this shepherd, this boy, translators were using manuscripts which had been copied in about 900 uh, AD, around 1000 years later. But when Scholars compared the Dead Sea Scrolls with the manuscripts that they had been using, although they were copied 1,000 years later in comparison to these uh, uh, Dead Sea Scrolls, when they compared these manuscripts with the older versions that were, which, which were copied 1,000 years earlier, there was no significant difference in text. Though separated by 1,000 years, these ancient manuscripts said the same thing. What do we see here? Well, the fact that God preserves his word. The illustrated Bible dictionary gives more insight regarding the Old Testament texts. And it says it is important to recall the attitude of the Jews towards their scriptures. It can be best uh, summed up this attitude in a statement of Josephus. Josephus was a Jewish writer of the first century AD. And this is what he said. He said, We have given practical proof of our reverence for our own scriptures. For although such long ages have now passed, no one has ventured either to add or to remove or to alter even a single letter or a syllable. And it is an instinct with every Jew to regard them as decrees of God.
So we get this uh, idea of these manuscripts that were meticulous copied. But then today we have Bibles which are so different from manuscripts. So how did we get the Bible in our own language? Well, for many centuries, only a few people were able to hold copies of the Bible. In the time of Christ, scribes kept scrolls or rolls of parchment or leather in which text was written in ink. They kept these scrolls which were containing the word of God in the temple. And many of the New Testament books were actually written as letters which were circulated from one church to another. So the original texts of the Bible were written in one of these three languages. Not in our mother tongue, not in your mother tongue, but it was written in one of these three languages. And that's one of these three languages, your mother tongue. But they were written, the Bible was originally written in Hebrew, in Aramaic, and in Greek. Down through the ages, God enabled men to translate the Bible into different languages. That's how we came to have even Bibles in our own languages because many co copies of the ancient Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek texts were used in these translations. And these, uh, these texts are still available, even existed even today. And translators have been able to study these as they translate the Bible. So today we have a variety of Bibles available in our own language, printed Bibles. And I, the Bible has been translated into more languages than any other book. There is no book that has been translated in more languages like the Bible. The Bible is an accurate historical record. That much you should know. Archaeological discoveries in recent years have revealed many pieces of ancient information which agree in the minutest details with what the Bible talks about especially when you consider things like places, cultural details, names, and dates. There have been evidence which explains and agrees in minute details with all these places, cultural details, names, and dates that are found in the Bible. Writings contemporary with the Bible agree in historical detail about cultural information. They affirm the authenticity and accuracy of the Word of God. Now, over the years, thousands of uh, archaeological and historical evidences relating to the Bible have been uncovered, and all these support the accuracy of the Bible. In a, a book called Archaeology and Bible History, Joseph Free wrote that numerous passages of the Bible which long puzzled the contemporaries have yielded up their meaning when the new light from archaeological discoveries has been focused on them. Archaeology has confirmed countless passages of the Bible. And as we study future lessons, we will discuss some of these archaeological and historical discoveries later on in our study. Now, many of the cultures, places, names that we find mentioned in the Bible are visible today, having remained almost unchanged over the centuries. The Bible has withstood the test of the time. You see, this is one of the uniqueness of the Bible. 
what makes it unique is that new discoveries only serve to echo and reinforce the, ab the absolute accuracy, authority, and authenticity. Every word God has given to us in this book. Every discovery affirms the, again and again and again the accuracy, authenticity, genuineness of the Bible. But when you look at this truth in contrast to other books, books written by men such as school textbooks, reference books, scientific texts, all must be drastically changed as more is learned and all the theories are replaced. But the Bible has not and will not change because God is its author. Actually, in the Psalm 119 verse 89, the Bible says, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. So we can see that the Bible is not just another religious book. Many men have written books trying to tell men about God, but God is the author of the Bible. And in it, he reveals to us who he is. God reveals himself to us through the Bible. In the Bible, God tells us who he is, what he wants us to know about him, and what he's like. In the Bible, God tells us about himself, our relationship to him, to the world around us, and our relationship to one another for now and for all eternity. And I want you to know that only the Bible addresses these issues with absolute clarity. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing of soul and of spirit of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible is God's voice speaking to us. Through his word, he shows us what we are really like in the inside. So why is it so important that you and me study the Bible? Why should we take the time to study the Bible? Well, a lot of things call for our attention. This is one of the reasons. A lot of things call for our attention. They distract us. For example, work take a lot of our time sometimes. Our home, recreation, and studies. And we also have another problem which is arising from lots of books and other material and magazines that are available and lots of television and movies and videos. These can be distractions that we need to counteract by having more time and creating more time for the Bible. But you can see another reason we need to study the Bible is because the Bible is unique. The Bible alone has God's message for us today. The Bible alone tells us what God thinks of us and what he sees as our greatest need. So young, old, man, woman, or child, God wrote the Bible to each one of us personally. And God wants you and me, he wants you and me, all of us, to know what is in this book. That's why he wrote it. Again, as I mentioned at the beginning, it's going to take time to go through all these lessons, but I can assure you that you will find this study to be one of the most worthwhile investments you'll ever make. You'll be learning about God, 
and you'll be learning what he has written for you in his book the bible and in the book from god to us how we got our bible the authors opened by saying that the bible is the most quoted the most published the most translated and the most influential book in the history of mankind the bible is also god's personal message to us he wrote it to communicate with people with you and with me and if someone writes us a letter we want to read it the bible is god's letter to us let us study god's word together and find out what he says so meditate on these questions which are based on what we have covered let me see how much you can be able to answer so this will give me an, an impression if you have understood what i have been trying to share with you when god wanted his word written down did he just get anyone to do it what is the answer yes or no well no he chose special men and what were these men called what was the name of these men these special men that god chose to write his word can you figure out the answer from what we have just been explaining these men were called prophets these men all lived during the same time in history is that true or not no 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 many of them lived at different times it took about 1600 years before all of god's word were written how many men were they those who wrote the bible just approximately not an exact number but the closest number to the truth how many were they they were approximately 40 what nationality were they from which nation were they all these men well they were all jewish except one man luke luke is believed to have been a gentile did these men write god's word in english we have bibles in english but where these men whom god chose write the bibles in english the answer is no the word of god was written in three languages as we mentioned hebrew greek and aramaic so with that in mind who is the author of the bible then who is the author of the bible well if you said god you got it correct god is the author of the bible and lastly why should a person study the bible why should you study the bible well for one reason at least that the bible is god's personal message to every individual that marks the end of our lesson